A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On episode 68 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking marketing and the customer experience. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Ricardo Osti is here to chat about the role marketing plays in the customer experience. We will get to that chat in just a moment. Soon we'll have Elle Wolf in to chat about one of our favorite subjects, data in marketing. John Chang will be back in to talk about some thinking he's done on career planning for marketers. And Rob Whedon will be back to discuss data, intent, and marketing. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the innovation podcast, The iPod, with Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Head over to the innovationpodcast.co to tune in. Okay, we have Ricardo Osti here. We start our chat by defining the customer experience, then branch out into how to improve it and the role data can play in it. Ricardo is a fascinating guy with a really interesting company. Wonderflow gathers and makes sense of unstructured feedback from consumers. So Ricardo was the right one to speak with about the customer experience. This is a two-part discussion. So let's get to part one. Ricardo, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. You know, after watching your videos, I've really been looking forward to chatting. So it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here and um, looking forward to this conversation. We're talking data, marketing, and the customer experience. So let me start with how you define the customer experience. What is it? Well, uh, I think we start with a very good question. I mean, we, we know that generally we intend uh, customer experience as the uh, relationship that a brand has with, with his own customers during their, uh, the period where they use their products or their services. Huh? Yeah. So um, I think this, the, the meaning of this term has always been the same, but I think it changed. Uh, I mean, the importance that brands give to customer experience changed uh, dramatically in the last years. Yeah. When now we started to give more and more importance to the journey. So uh, not just, uh, okay, I buy this product or uh, I tried your service and I liked it or not, but there is much more attention to the real experience now. So to how did you uh, come up 
with this, uh, let's say, with the need? Why did you choose this product? How was the experience when you bought the product? And uh, the early days and then midlife. And then after some time that you use it, how are still things going well? Did the uh, situation change? And then even at the very end of the uh, cycle, and then you maybe want to know what should happen uh, in your experience journey for you to buy a new version of that product or a, a substitute now so i think the um, there are so many touch points today and there are so many more interactions and more uh, engaged customers around and these really led enterprises to pay more attention to the entire journey to let's say what really is customer experience and this is happening more and more uh, often and more frequently uh, day after day so how can we improve it? Well, I guess the the number one thing that we can do is care. So, <laughs> right, for sure. No. So, uh, let's say we have seen many brands, many companies to uh, get interested to what customers were saying about their experiences, which is already a good sign, no? Because there are still some uh, brands, usually the ones that are very much product centric, the ones that have historically, I mean, where their value is really in the product, meaning, for example, right. that they are specialized car manufacturers. I think they're a good example of that. And in, um, for these companies, the first step to improve it is already getting interested in what customers say, you know. Then there are a lot of complications and other, um, challenges that they will face when they need to do something with that. But already being interested in the customer experience and what they say about your products and services, that's the very first step. How to improve it? Well, once we are all on the same page on the fact that it's essential to hear what customers say, we need to analyze what they say and try to understand how we can just adjust our strategy based on what they want. It is very complicated, but it is essential. No? And um, if the higher um, management is convinced, and then they, I'm sure that the entire organization can just follow. And convincing, educating the higher management that following the, uh, let's say, putting a lot of attention on the customer experience and doing something with the learnings, that's the biggest challenge that we have, that I have so far on a daily basis. Yeah, and so that brings me to my next question about data, because those learnings really amount to data in many ways. So is that crucial to understanding the customer? I think so. Now, if you look at how customer feedback evolved in the last 10 years, it's pretty impressive. Now, since the launch of Amazon or eBay, which is 20, 25 years ago, we have had so many new, as customers, we have had so many new opportunities to say what we think about our experiences, for example, when buying a product. No? Yeah, and yeah. these let's say the fact that it became much easier to share an opinion about something led customers to write so much more than what they were using, used to do before. Now, Also, if you think about the customer care, how it evolved, nowadays customer care is often operated through social media. For example, you don't, you don't call anymore. Now you, uh, or you, you call, but if you want, you can just send a message on Twitter to the brand or maybe using Messenger. So let's say we have Brands have created so many touch points, so many channels that led customers to write much more and creating much bigger data sets. No? So 
In the past, the biggest sources were probably interviews, surveys, questionnaires, focus groups, which are all great, but they are often based on very small data sets, on, on samples. No? Analyzing larger data sets helps uh, brands to put together the qualitative insights that they historically were able to get, but at scale. So analyzing uh, a very large amount of records. No? And, uh, so yeah. I would say to answer your question, uh, data is crucial. And I think the biggest, ch- and it's, we are full of, uh, uh, of data, I guess. There is much more data than insights uh, that can be extracted <laughs> uh, from them. But um, I think the biggest challenge is to translate big data a vast amount of data into small data, into something that is actionable, that is usable, and there's something that we can do with the learnings. I think that's the biggest challenge, but for sure, data is key. So that should be the focus. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit vitalent.org today. So if you're sitting with a client or, you know, a colleague who says, look, I've got all this data about my customers, where do I start? So where do you start? Yeah, well, it depends on which type of company uh, you run. If you are a product company, for example, consumer electronics, consumer goods, retail even, you for sure you have a lot of reviews out there on the yeah. on the internet and so i will start from reviews because reviews they have a unique characteristic now if you think yeah. about all types of interactions that a brand has with a customer usually these interactions are more or less private yeah. or uh, no while reviews are public and reviews are not only incredibly valuable from an insight perspective from a learning perspective but they are seen by other people that potentially can buy that product so if you have good reviews you will sell more not yeah. only you will be able to learn from them but you will sell more so if we're talking about a product company i would definitely start by collecting and analyzing what our customers say in reviews. If you are talking about a service company, for example, uh, Uber or DHL, shipping companies or uh, yeah. financial institutions, no? uh, then I would start for sure by the uh, customer care data. So, yeah. and why? Because usually these companies are not incredibly consumer centric at the very beginning. Uh, and the initiator, I mean, who starts the customer experience practice uh, really need to produce some evidence that is paying off. No? And if you analyze customer uh, service data, you immediately understand what you should change to make sure that customers don't call anymore. So showing a reduction in the amount of calls because of some learnings that you have made, it's much easier than uh, showing that you're growing sales. No, but it's already a quick win and it's something that you can use internally as a manager to convince the higher management to invest more in that direction. Yeah, that's great. You know, marketing has numerous customer touch points, maybe you know more than most other functions within a company. So should marketers act as customer advocates? That's an, I think in um, in more 
let's say as a first step, I would say yes, but mostly because marketers usually have a deeper understanding of what's going on. Now, they historically have been the filter between the outer world and what happens inside the organization. Right. And so that's where they should start. In my opinion, uh, if we're talking about enterprises, they should really have someone that has, uh, as a title, as, as a goal, would be like customer insight uh, manager, something like that. So it's probably still someone within the marketing department, but someone that specifically has the goal of collecting, filtering what customers say. We have seen with some of my um, clients that when there is uh, someone in that position, it's much easier to distribute the learnings to the different departments of the company. So not limited to marketing, but maybe this person can forward learnings that can uh, that are related to the product, to the engineers, messages that are uh, related to the customer service or, or some questions to the customer care department and so on. So I would say they should be their first customer marketer should be should act as customer advocates in the first phase but then brands should really invest to have someone dedicated as let's say customer inside specialist all right ricardo and i continue our chat next time as we delve into how marketers can be customer advocates the trends he's seeing and we also learn a bit more about wonderflow This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.